Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. What care do you advise for scar management in the summer sun? So um, I haven't been out much, actually. Is it sunny? Since we've come out of lockdown, I've been in clinic every day. Yeah, you heard me, every day. Well, pretty much every day. Trying to keep Thursdays clear, but, you know, still doing the calls on Thursdays. So um, have we got summer sun? Uh, if we have got summer sun, well, to be honest with you, I was talking to someone, actually, I was talking to patient today about this they have done a great job with tooth brushing in indoctrinating us to brush our teeth twice a day and i don't know how they manage that sorry just get that off i don't know how they manage that but they've done a great job in doing that but whoever oh, i say they i don't know who they is whoever they they are whoever the um uh, um you know, bureaucracy are, have done a great job in doing that. But they haven't done a great job with sun protection uh, and uh, sun cream because we really, it should be the sun, the sun rays are present all the time. Obviously, it's worse when it's sunny, but they're there, there all the time. So we should be aware of the sun's rays and arguably wear some kind of sun protection all the time, not just on sunny days. It's not just for being on Bondi Beach um, and sunbathing. So um, I'm going off piste, aren't I? Because it's nothing to do with scar management. But anyway, in general terms, you should wear sun protection all, all the time. But the question... Ah. Aha. What's that? Right, that's not, is that the cable for my microphone? No, it's not. Okay, panic over. So, um, so advice for scar management. So scars are damaged skin. Scarring is damaged skin. And you've got to be careful with damaged skin in the sun. And the problem comes if while the scar is red and obvious, which is the first few months, it's always a bit red and obvious. And while it's red and obvious, you've got to avoid getting a tan on it, because if you get a tan on it while it's red, it'll you'll get tanned fine. You'll have no problems. But then when you come home and you um, lose your tan, then your scar will stay tanned. So you'll end up with a pigmented scar. So that is the problem with um, getting the sun on an active scar and you know that it's active because it's red so it's i usually say to people it's three to six months so the first three to six months while that scar is red and active you should avoid getting a tan on it um, once it goes skin colored then you can start to treat it like normal skin but even normal skin you should avoid getting um, sunburnt obviously you can be out in the sun just like you can be out on the sun with a scar but you've got to avoid getting a tan on it so what that means is um, is that better having that light there what that means is just being careful so it's not just about sun protection it's about long sleeve tops it's about wearing a hat and just being careful in the sun which to be honest with you you should be careful in the sun whether or not you've got a scar but you've got to be particularly vigilant if you've got a fresh scar which is the first three to six months
So that is what I advise. So when a hypertension sunblock 50 plus um, and uh, reapplying it, particularly if you're going in the water to reapply it um, and um, uh, other measures like hats and and staying in the shade and what have you. So not just not just relying on the sun cream. So what we've got going on here, Olivia swapped to Facebook, kept freezing on Instagram. I know Olivia keeps on saying to me, paused, not that sunny. Do you know about rashes? Um, do I know about rashes, Craig? No, no, Craig, a little bit. It's a bit, bit like, um, the breast thing. Um, my main thing is breast. I'm a plastic surgeon. I specialize in breast, but what you find is plastic surgeons will often cross over with other specialties. So for instance, in the world of world of breast, you cross over with breast surgeons who aren't plastic surgeons who deal with more the cancer side of it, the lumps, investigations, mastectomies. That's a breast surgeon. Cancer does, uh, the plastic surgeon does reconstruction. And skin, similarly skin, plastic surgeons will do skin, and we do do skin, and I do skin, uh, but it crosses over with dermatologists. So in terms of rashes and medical treatments, meaning creams and tablets and what have you, that is more a dermatologist side, and the surgical side is more the plastic surgeon. So if you have a lump, a bump, and it needs to be come off, then plastic surgeons are really good. But if you have a rash or an issue like that, then it's more of a dermatologist that you would need to see. And again, there's some crossover. So dermatologists will do remove, you know, do minor surgery and remove lumps and bumps. But um, it is a, a, a rash. I think I probably wouldn't be your, uh, the guy, uh, Craig. I think I'll probably be a dermatologist for that. So sorry, I can't help with that one. Uh, Olivia, I put factor 60 on my arm lift scars. Good on you, Olivia. And um, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Sue, do you do FDL TTs or 360 or, or just a regular TT? I do the lot, Sue. I do the lot. So um, TTs, by the way, it is... Um, oh, sorry. No, TTs is tummy tuck. I think we all know what TTs is. FDL, I meant, by the way, is Fleur de Lis. Um, Fleur de Lis. Detroit Stiano's joined. Who's Detroit Stiano? Wow. Um, so Fleur de Lis is uh is a, a, a t-shaped scar with a with a tur <laughs> fleur fleur de um hi detroit um oh it's daniela oh wow oh hi daniela all right that's embarrassing um nothing to see here daniela you can move <laughs> you can move along um all right uh you're right yeah uh okay um so yeah, FDL is fleur de lis, which is the T-shaped scar. So uh, yeah, fleur, fleur de lis. So tummy tuck. There's there's different types of tummy tucks. There's a mini tummy tuck, uh, which is just a short scar. Then there's a full tummy tuck, which is a longer scar, one around the belly button. Fleur de lis, which is a T-shaped scar, and a 360, which goes all the way around. So I do them all. Um, yep, I'll do them all. So, so I've got to be honest. The majority of cases are. Of what, what would be a full tummy tuck, which is a long scar in your lower abdomen and one around the belly button. That's probably the sort of most common popular in terms of downtime versus result. It's the maximum ratio, I would say. The problem when you get into fleur de lis, the worry is the scar going straight up the middle can be unsightly. And when you get into 360s, that can be a real um, that's a big deal that. And so 360s is only for people who've had massive weight loss. So there's only a small 
proportion of people who would be candidates for 360s and even people who are candidates for 360s, they might just go for a full tummy tuck and accept that the sides and the back might not be contoured quite as well, given the balance of having less risk of complications and problems. But uh, yes, yeah, so I'll do them all. Oh, hold on. She's come back at me. Good. I have a lot of loose skin. Well, this is it, Sue. The more loose skin you have, the more... So as you go up from mini tummy tuck, full tummy tuck, fleur de lis 360, you get more complications, more expense, more risks, more scarring. So you might say, flipping out, I don't want that. A lot of people say, I don't want that. I just want a mini. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know what's going on here, guys. The poor connection. I don't press that button. About the, that will turn the Wi-Fi off, won't it? Um, so I'm sorry about the poor connection on Instagram. Can I just say, can I apologize on behalf of the... Um, uh, of the uh, telecommunications in um, this area of the country and uh, I uh, I can I can only apologize <laughs> I'm sorry um, so the more loose skin you've got uh, the more um, the more scarring that you would create by removing it and the more complications so yes uh, so you might be a candidate for a 360 or a fleur de um, or you might want to have less scarring and less risks, but, you know, less of a result, I guess. So um, Sue has said that. I have a lot of Sue's. Uh, can the FDL be combined with an uplift? Breast uplift, I'm assuming, Sue. I'm going to assume that, Sue. Yes, it can, Sue, um, but it's quite a lot but it can um it's quite a lot of surgery to do and you've got to be a bit careful because your scars with your uplifter here and that's the blood supply to the skin which is you know always at risk with an fdl I'm, i don't know what to say to instagram what can i say i'll tell you what instagram i'll put a funny face on how's that would that help does that help if i put some glasses on you know the fact that the connection's not great what about this Ooh. Hello. Ooh. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Does, is this helpful, Instagram? If we have, can we do it like that? Can we do the whole thing like this? Someone just join now and say, right, this is, um, so they, they say, well, that's good, isn't it? That's, uh, yeah. I don't know what we could do it like this, can we? We could do the whole thing on Instagram like that. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that will work. Um, got to try and hold, hold, hold. So, um, so yeah, could an FDL be combined with a lift? Yeah, it can be combined with a lift. Oh, wow, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Oh, so, um, yeah, an FDL can be combined with a lift an uplift but it's quite a lot of surgery to do in one go um and at the moment because of the covid we're not allowed to do surgery that's more than three hours so we're not allowed to do more than three hours surgery so what that means is that we can't do a fleur de -lis and an uplift we couldn't do it we just couldn't do it we just couldn't do a fleur de -lis and an uplift we couldn't do it it just wouldn't be possible to do a flirty and an uplift at the same time. It just wouldn't be possible to do that in one go. So, um, so yeah, we, all right, <laughs> it's given up on me. Right, okay. So, um, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? So, uh, 
at the moment we couldn't do a flirtily and an uplift in one go because it's uh it's going to take uh flirtily on its own flirtily on its own would probably be you know getting on for three and three and a half hours so um so it can physically be done together but it'd be quite a lot to do them together and at the moment we're being encouraged to not do that but things might change too uh i think i hope things will change um kelly are you operating again yet no oh well yes actually revise that last answer to yes um minor ops kelly so the clinic's open it was better when i had the, the thing on let's put another face on um the minor ops are open the oh god that's a bit scary uh and we're doing cases in the minor operating theater uh in the clinic so uh we are sort of uh, uh, open and operating in those terms but we're not doing general cases because we're not uh <laughs> um we're not doing um that the hospitals are being taken over by the nhs so the private hospitals are all being taken over by the nhs so we are not doing ga cases and we are desperado to get back into the private hospitals and hopefully that will be happening soon i've been telling people august but goodness me august is nearly upon us so that's going to be awkward um i'm hoping it's going to be awkward uh, awkward. i hope it's going to be august because we've got goodness knows we've got a lot of work to do kelly and uh fingers crossed keep you posted and we will let you know as soon as we know the problem is we don't know any they haven't you know they've not really told us anything um yeah people on facebook don't know what i'm doing i was doing funny faces on instagram if you're wondering while i was doing those funny voices and things i was doing a split face thing um but yeah sue i can see and hear you okay awesome the problem sue is the instagram would you combine tummy tuck with a bbl oh uh, well easy answer to that is no because i don't do um um is it do you mean a brazilian butt lift is that what you mean by bbl so um i, I don't do the brazilian butt lift fiona i don't do buttock stuff and in the uk when all plastic surgeons have been told we shouldn't really be doing the Brazilian butt lift so that's the easy answer to that but the more perhaps more helpful answer to that is I probably wouldn't do uh, a Brazilian butt lift and a tummy tuck because you're operating on the back and the front and it's quite a big deal to do the back and the front and I think um, I think that would be quite a big deal for even people who do Brazilian butt lifts I would imagine but I'm not one of them so perhaps you should ask to someone who does do it but I think <clears throat> I wouldn't. It's always when you turn in theatre is bad. So turning in theatre is a, is a difficult uh, thing to do. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it, and I probably I think it might not be a thing to do. Uh, and again, at the moment, because it's a three hour thing, we probably wouldn't be doing it. Looks like it's me and you. Me and you. Yeah, it's me and you, Sue. It is me and you. Um, Bizarre face. Yeah, I was doing something on um, Instagram. That's what I was doing. Yeah, perhaps I should have explained that. What's the recommended time between procedures? Uh, uh, six months. I'd say three to six. Three, I think, is a bit too soon. So assuming you're talking about like a breast reduction, a uh, breast lift and then a tummy tuck. So I'd say three months is minimum, but that's pretty hardcore to go into another op after three months because I think your first op will only be starting to settle after three months. <clears throat> So probably six months would be the minimum 
time. So when you say the recommended time, six months, uh, you know, I'd say, I'd say three to six months is the minimum time. But the longer you leave it, the better, to be honest with you. But I can understand how some people want to get it done and out of the way. But the longer you leave it, the, um, the more chance of everything healing and settling. So, um, yeah, I would leave it um, as long as you can, basically. But uh, three to six months would be the, the absolute minimum. Fiona says yes. Okay. Would you? Okay. Good. Good to have positivity, Fiona. Thank you for that. Um, so I have what we got here. Got to be honest with you. I saw this question and uh, didn't quite understand it. But you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. So I put it in. How to check breast if you have implants that are placed or above spelt wrong, above the muscle and slight rippling? Any help with that one? How to check breast if you have implants that are placed above the muscle and slight rippling? Okay, so so implants above the muscle might be a cause of having slight rippling. Slight rippling is basically the fact that you can see the implants. So the rippling is caused by the fact that you can see the implants. So th by definition, if you've got a, a visible rippling, you've probably not got much soft tissue cover. So where you got your rippling, you just got skin and then implant. That's the rippling that you can see. So you're not going to have a huge amount of breast tissue there uh, in in the area of the rippling. Um, but obviously, you will have breast tissue, and you have to do you do have to check your breast tissue, and you can check your breasts whether you got them in front of the muscle or above or above the muscle. No, they're about the same thing, in front of the muscle or behind the muscle. So uh, you can check your breasts fine, whether they're in front or behind the muscle, because the implants are always going to be behind the breast. So when you feel, particularly behind your nipple and around your nipple area, which is where most of the breast tissue is, if you've got a small breast, if you've got a larger breast, there will obviously be more. Um, but if you feel that area, what you'll be feeling is the, is the breast tissue. And the implant, it tends to be sort of further around the edges, so um, you can still check your breasts, uh, even if you have implants in. And if you've got rippling, that means that there's not much breast tissue there. But, you know, you obviously can check that as well. But um, I'm not sure if I hope that's answered the question. Not quite sure what the um, have I got anything more on that. Just to look at my notes. Have I got anything more? Check breast with, with implants placed. Yeah. So checking the breasts is, is fine when, when you've got implants in. Just the same as, you know, when you haven't got implants in. But if you did need to have some kind of investigation, like a biopsy or a scan, you have to tell them because they have to do it a slightly different way. Um, <clears throat> Janine's in the house. Hi, do you do breast reduction and side fat and arms together? Yes, Janine. <clears throat> so this suggests that, uh, again, it's sort of if it's really for people who have ma who have a massive weight loss, who have a um, the, the side um fat and the arms the problem with the arms is a scar i've got one of the questions about the thigh and it's the same sort of thing it's a long scar uh so it can be a bit obvious so um but yeah and again is uh, well not at the moment janine because of breast reduction and the side fat and the arms is quite a big deal and uh, we wouldn't be doing it at the moment because we're not supposed to do anything more than three hours so at the moment, you'd be looking at staging that, maybe a breast reduction and maybe some liposuction to the sides and maybe an arm lift later, which you can extend into your lateral chest wall if you've got a lot of fat in that area. So, um, yes, it can all be done in one go. It's a lot to be done in one go. And at the moment, we wouldn't be doing it in one go because of the restrictions due to the COVID and the three-hour um, thing. So I hope that's 
answered comprehensively. I think you'll agree. Um, do you have a preferred BMI? Sue's doing well tonight. I think you'll agree. Nice one, Sue. Um, do you have a preferred BMI for surgery? Two things about that, Sue. One thing, the first thing is you um, need to be stable and comfortable with your weight, regardless of your BMI. So if it doesn't matter what your BMI is, if you say, goodness me, I'm not happy with my weight, I want to put weight on, or goodness me, I'm not happy with my weight, I want to lose weight, I would say to do that first. Don't have any sort of body contouring. Uh, ideally, you need to avoid weight fluctuations after surgery. I know we're not in an ideal world, and I know that people have weight fluctuations. So, um, but you know, if you when you go into it, you need to be planning to try and be stable with your weight. Um, oh, hello. Um, before you have the surgery. So I think that's really important. It doesn't matter what your BMI is. So don't get this thing in your head that say, told me I've got to get my BMI to this. And when you've got to that, you're fine. If you want to get your BMI lower than that, then do, then carry on. Um, similarly, if you have got your BMI below that, it doesn't mean you should have surgery or if you, you know, if you, anyway, yeah, what I said a minute ago. Um, but uh, the other thing is, yeah, in, in terms of an absolute number, because an absolute number can be helpful, it's 30 is the number that I normally work on because um, that's what the studies have, have chosen. So when they've done studies on it, they've chosen a BMI of 30. And there's some, some suggestion to say that if your BMI is above 30, you're going to have a higher risk of complications than if your BMI is below 30. So I normally say to people, if you can get your BMI below 30, that'll be good. Um, but even if you believe BMI is below 30, you have to be happy and stable. Similarly, some people will have BMIs above 30, but they'll be happy and stable with their weight, particularly when they've had a lot of weight loss. Some people have massive weight loss and they've still got BMI above 30 and they actually don't want to go any lower. They're comfortable where they are. They're happy where they are. And so then you've got to say, look, you might have a higher risk of complications, but maybe you just got to accept that and have the surgery. So I have done surgery on people whose BMI is above 30. So yeah, I'd say the more uh, important thing is to be happy and stable with your weight. And Sue's coming back at me, getting the comments in tonight, smashing that like button. Is there a like button? Yes, there is. Smash that like button. That's what they say, isn't it? Um, some surgeons will operate over 30 BMI. Won't they, Sue? Well, um, okay. Uh, I mean, I think sometimes... Uh, certainly when you're in restrictions in terms of the NHS, sometimes you have restrictions, but often it's like 25 in the NHS, but um, you might have those sort of restrictions. But I think an individual surgeon would probably be able to use um, discretion on it. Um, but I don't know, maybe there are some surgeons who are over, over, over 30. I will take it on a case-by-case -case basis, and I will tell everybody, if you can get your BMI below 30, you're going to have a better result with less risk of complications. Some people can't get their BMI below 30, and similarly, some people have got it below 30 but want to lose weight, so I'll say, look, carry on. Sue says that's all very helpful. Well, then, tonight has been worthwhile, hasn't it? Thank you, Sue. That's very. I do like your questions, Sue. don't know what I'd do without you. Well, I've got I've got some, but you know that's excellent. So uh, I've got a question here, which says, "What scar can I expect from tattoo removal? How long would it take to heal?" Now, this question um, I asked uh, this one because this patient um, we had a couple of patients with photos, and, and I asked to to, to uh, show the photos, but. Uh, 
they 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 said no so um it doesn't this doesn't it's not quite so good without photo is it um but anyway so it depends on the shape of the tattoo so let's say for example you have like a star <clears throat> or a round shaped tattoo um then if you cut out a round thing you have to make it into an ellipse so the scar will be quite a bit longer than that than the diameter of your star or your circle some tattoos are more favorable for excision so a more favorable tattoo for excision would be a long thin tattoo so often you get people with writing with like line line a line of single line of writing that is more favorable it's always a bit of a bummer when they have these big 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 y or big capital b because that sort of makes it wider but you know a sort of narrow long narrow tattoo is more favorable but um so the scar will be as long as the longest dimension of that um uh, but hopefully not much longer whereas if it's surrounded if the thicker the the the, the, the tattoo the sort of deeper or higher the tattoo if you like the the bigger the dog ear if you if you can imagine cutting it out there's gonna be a dog ear complete so we have to taper it down at the ends so if it's quite if it's round or if it's quite fat then it have to taper it down the lens so the scar will be quite a bit longer than the than the uh than the length if it's fatter if that makes sense and how long will it take to heal well the skin will be healed in four days so the skin's usually healed you know in, in depending on the part of the body leg back maybe takes a bit longer to heal probably leave the stitches in longer or actually use dissolvable sutures in those area areas so um face skins you healed in four days other parts of the body you know seven to ten days your skin will be healed but it won't be strong it'll take a, a few months for everything to be strong so it depends on what you mean by healed so you probably won't need a dressing after a week or two but you might have a red you will have a red scar which will take many months to, to settle and fade and properly heal if you like you know a year for it to properly heal in terms of the color of the scar the firmness of the scar skin might have a bit of you know feel a bit funny so it can take a while kelly's back can you as a surgeon tell after examination if Im if implants already in our unders or overs there is some confusion with mine <clears throat> you can have a good idea kelly um you you might be able to tell but you might not be able to tell that's not helpful is it so basically if you flex your uh, pec muscle um so if you put your hands on your hips uh, and you push down and you try and make your pec mus muscle flex you want to see is, the, is there any movement of the implant first of all so if there is some implant if there is movement then it suggests it's under the muscle um so if you that's that's called an animation deformity um so you want to be looking to see if you flex your pec does the does the breast move uh, or not um and but sometimes the muscle can be um um able to move mobile mobile over the over the implant so it might not you know you don't always get an animation deformity so you may not be able to tell so if you do get an output like this if you do get an animation deformity if you do get some movement when you flex your um flex your muscle then that suggests it's underneath the muscle if you don't get some movement when, it, when it's under the muscle then it might be either it might still be under the muscle so, so i can understand how there's some confusion kelly um it goes rock solid on flexing well that's just it might be underneath the muscle um yeah if you feel that if you feel it's going solid if you're feeling the pec muscle going solid when you flex then you've you're feeling pec rather than implant 
so uh, the implant would suggest the implant might be beneath the muscle but um not written in stone um but yeah that's good um sue are you doing face-to-face -face consultations at the moment or only video calls yes sue we're doing face-to-face -face. so we're trying to preface that is preface the right word preamble that precede that precede that with video so we're trying to do video in the first instance we're trying to do as much as we can by video basically by video or phone so we try, try and have enough, we have enough talking about the pros and cons and you know what's involved in the surgery and things like that um we can do a screen share where we can i can show you slides before and after stuff like that uh, i say i Kurum's doing them as well which is great um so uh but if you need to be examined uh, or do sizes or something like that if it's something to do with uh, breast implants we are uh, i was at the clinic today just now in fact and uh yeah we're doing we're doing face to face it's all a bit weird we've got the old face masks on and gowns and all sorts you have to wear things on your feet when you come in and your temperature and yeah but it's all it's all um it's all kosher yeah so uh thank you uh kelly so uh what we got here i'll tell you what we got here we got a question which says i'm interested in a thigh lift where would the scars be did i talk about this last week are they rehashing old questions or is this a new question verbal what does that mean source verbal um so um there's two places a scar will be did i can you stop me if i talked about this last week um there's two places a scar will be am i am i repeating myself or is it just in my in my head was it maybe someone inquired right let me demonstrate so number one place is here in the groin going up in your, in your groin crease and number two is here so big scar there or small scar here so those are the two scars so a bit like we were talking about the 360 and the um and the mini tummy tuck and full tummy tuck if you say what do you want do you want a little scar hidden in the groin that no one will ever see or do you want a massive great scar down the medial aspect of your thigh that if you have duck your thighs people will see you know people say i don't want the big one flipping out let's have the small one please to be honest with you i don't really i don't do the small one anymore um it doesn't give a good lift in my hands and uh, it's great that the scar's hidden but you can get wound healing problems because it's in your groin it's hot and sweaty you can get scar migration and it can cause problems so i just don't do it um it's pulling the skin in an up direction and the laxity of a skin and a thigh is in around this you know this the thigh is like a like a cylinder and the the the, the excess skin is in a circumferential direction not in an up down direction so the best way to tighten that skin is by making that big long scar down the immediate aspect of the thigh and tightening that cylinder taking that scar skin out so i think in my hands if you need a thigh lift it's uh, it's a it's a big long scar down the immediate aspect of the thigh if you don't want that then i would say in my hands again nothing i, I just wouldn't do a medial thigh lift it's quite expensive there's quite a lot of um there's quite a lot of um com risks and complications and so, um, yeah, I would say it's a big boy scar or nothing uh, in my hands. But some people do do the medial one. Some people do the one in the groin. And doesn't mean it's bad. I'm sure they get good results and 
yeah so if you want that one find someone who does it and gets good results what i would say can you do that demo again did you like the demo hmm? that was like um was it chicago yeah is it chicago or or uh cabaret you know with a chair with a prop like that yeah all part of the uh it's all included in the cost you know all included all included with your admission right um right full disclosure guys full disclosure i've got to be honest with you here i am on my last question okay so um if you've got a question let me just check yeah i've got some time i will be able to I will be available after this question to answer any questions from the floor. So if you do have any questions, be thinking of them now. Um, pause due to poor connection. Look at that. Significant. This has significantly affected my Instagram um, Instagram reach. I hope you realise that. In order to keep some semblance of um, hope on Instagram, I'm having. I'm going to have to put my. Um, put my screens on so um you know that's that's the only that's the only thing i can do to try and keep instagram um engaged so um my breast implants are on top of the muscle if i replace them can i have them under the muscle yes yes you can yes you can so you can change planes of implants that's i was going to say that's not a problem i mean it is a bit of a it is a bit, it's not like, I mean, it's obviously it's easier to keep them in the same plane. If, you know, given the choice, it's easier to keep to keep them in the same plane. But if you've got a problem, so if, for instance, you've got them on top of the muscle and you've got rippling, would probably, I guess, be the rippling or feel the edges or see the edges or, you know, palpable um, implants, then you might want to change them to be underneath the muscle. Similarly, if you've got them underneath the muscle and you've got a problem, like wide cleavage, high implants, um, animation deformities, you might want to put them on top of the muscle. The problem is cha with changing implants planes is that you take on the risks of the other plane because it's not like one plane is better than another. A lot of people think one plane's better. But if one plane's plane was better, that's the, we just do that every time. Um, we just do that every time, won't we? So obviously one plane isn't better Um than the other so they're all they're, they're all actually facebook used to have this with the with all these funny things didn't it no in fact it probably still has but i've got this thing where i can um okay let's do that that's good so yeah so if you're having the implants changed from on top of the muscle to under the muscle you'd have to accept the risk that they could sit high they could sit wide and you could get animation deformities but obviously it'd be a curing a problem because i'm assuming you've got a problem with them on top of the muscles otherwise you wouldn't have them you wouldn't want to have them changed so um yeah so it is a bit of a palaver because you have to obviously create a new plane and then close down the old plane to make sure they don't flip into the old plane but uh, it is a doable thing it is definitely doable now just as this was about to end i want you all to say a big thank you to lizzie london because lizzie london's coming with a question lizzie what you got for me i'll tell you what lizzie's got do you ever extend the incision of a breast reduction to get rid of skin roll, uh, skin slash fat rolls on the sides? That is a good question. That is an informed question, I would say. That is a question from an informed patient. No. Um, never say never, I guess. I mean, there's, Lizzie, there's some areas that where liposuction works well. And uh, as a rule... Um, 
in these areas, the, the bits that you're talking about, liposuction does tend to work well for those areas. So I would, if there is fullness here, can you, can you see here? Um, I would tend to do liposuction as a, from a you know, as my go-to thing to do. But you've got to take everyone on a case-by-case -case basis. If you have got a lot of skin, so if you've got a massive big roll here, uh, a big roll of skin here, you might think to yourself, well, liposuction is not going to help that because there's a lot of skin there. So you could extend the incision of a breast reduction to get rid of those rolls on the side. But, um, you know, it would have to have a big role there. You'd have to accept the increased risk of complications and obviously the increased scarring that would come with that. So that is something that you could do or I could do. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think when I've ever done it. Don't think I ever have, Lizzie. I don't think I ever. I'm trying to think. I've ever done it. No, I mean I've extended it to get rid of the dog ear, which is slightly different. So you sometimes have to make the scar quite long if they've got a lot of skin. So you often have to make the scar quite long. But I think what you're, I think I know what you're saying. I think you know people who have massive weight loss. You see it. You sometimes have to extend this, and people do do that. Um, but it's it would really be a massive weight loss patient. So most of my patients would be, uh, if anything, liposuction and often nothing, and often just weight loss uh, to help those areas. But if you did have a big roll of fat, it could be done. Sorry, Instagram, paused due to poor connection. I'm very sorry about that. Um, I've got to be honest, it's quite stressful with this poor connection on Instagram. And I, am, I do apologize to, to uh, my Instagram community because uh, obviously I have got a community. Um, so I do apologize to uh, Instagram for the poor connection. Uh, a bit bright. This, these lights are quite bright, aren't they? Oh, that's better. Um, oh, look at that. Gastric Fantastics come in. So let me just see what the question is. Yeah, okay. Does nipple change? Does nipple change color post-surgery, like darker, or does the shape change of the bit around the nipple? I mean, I don't know the names of the bits. Areola it is. Um, it is called an areola. So, yes, what happens to the areola? Uh, do we know what surgery we're talking about? Um, let's just say some kind of like breast lift or breast reduction or something. So, yes, the areola. Um, what happens is that you can, if you're particularly doing a breast reduction, let's say, well, actually, uh, breast reduction will take some volume and tension off the areola and often the areola will be made small when you do a breast reduction anyway and so the, the areola becomes less sort of tense and the flip side is when you're doing breast augmentation when you're putting implants in the areola can become more tense and so that can change the color slightly so when it becomes less tense like with a reduction it can make it slightly darker and slightly lighter when you make it more tense this happens significantly. I, to be honest with you, I don't really talk to people about this because I've not really had um, a significant problem with it. Let me put that there. Um, I've never had anyone have a significant complaint of it. And probably what you'd have to do is if you look at all my before and after photos, you might see some subtle changes in the areola color. Uh, but that or some of those might be due to lighting. So I don't think it's a significant change. But yes, when you take some tension off it or put some tension on it, the, the color will change slightly. And the bit around the nipple is called the areola. FYI. Very good. Gastric fantastic. Seely, thank you for that. Oh, Lizzie's back. Lizzie's back. Um, 
Thank you. It's the bit that comes out under my bra that's an issue. It's not a big problem. Thanks for your help. Lizzie, that's a good question. That's a good point because what a lot of people don't like that bit exactly. So you so I wouldn't extend the excision definitely. Um, a lot of people don't like that bit that's underneath the bra. And if anything, I do a bit of liposuction. But the problem with that is that people don't like it because when they've got a bra on, they've got a bulge um, by the bra strap creates a bulge of, of, of skin and fat, which they don't like. Now, the problem with these situations is you've got to look at it when you take the bra, strap, bra off. Because if when you take the bra off, it looks okay, you've got to be a bit careful because when you're doing liposuction on people, you're not going to have your bra on. So I've got to sort of contour it and... Yes, you can take some heaviness out of it, and probably the best bet is with liposuction rather than putting a big scar there, because as I say, the skin does tend to recoil in that area. But you don't really want to create a dent, because sometimes if you're going to put a bra strap on and not create a bulge, you might have to have a dent when the bra strap's off. So you've got to get the balance right, So because if you put a tight thing on, if you put a tight belt on, anything, you put a tight thing around your arm, it's going to look like the bulge, the bulge above it. So it's the same with the bra strap. So particularly if it's a tight bra strap, maybe, you know, try a back size bigger. Because if your bra strap is quite tight, it's going to create more of a bulge. And so it is often tricky, those bits, when a lot of women don't like that bit, that bulge by the bra strap. But you've got to be a bit you know, judicious, get that word in, with your liposuction because you don't want to over liposuck it so that when you put your bra strap on, it looks perfect. But then you take your bra off and there's a dent. But you don't you don't need an extended breast reduction, Lizzie. That's for sure. So all in fair warn, all in fair warn. So thank you all tonight. Uh, thousand apologies to um, the Instagram community for the um, for the, the the poor connection. All I can say is, let's try and make it better. What's this gold glitter? Oh. Facebook's thinking, what the heck's he doing? Uh, I am going to check myself out and go and have a lie down because I've got to be honest with you guys. I was at work yesterday. I was at work today. And get this, I'm at work tomorrow. Yeah, you heard me. Three days in a row. I mean, it's un unprecedented times we're living. I think we, I think we can all agree on that. So I've had to do three days in a row, uh, back to back at the clinic flat out. Lizzie, I've helped her understand. Thank you, Lizzie. God, I've, I've done something useful. Um, yeah, I can understand how you might think you want to have the scar extended, but nah, I do a bit of lipo or I hate to say it, Lizzie, I don't know you at all, but um, I don't want to be personal, but sometimes weight loss can help those bits rather than, you know, considering surgery. But I understand if you're having a breast reduction, um, you might want to have something done. But if anything, it would just be a bit of liposuction. Gastric, fantastic. Cheers to yourself. Lizzie, big up yourself. Sue, you done well tonight. Um, I want a big, big shout out to my um, to my community. Uh, and I'm going to check out right now. If you've got any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Uh, give us, drop me an Instagram a DM. DM me on Instagram. What's it called on Facebook? PM. PM me on Facebook uh whatever comment below smash that like button and i will see you next week and good night Jackie, to you so i'm going to check out right now i'm going to end this thank you and good night and i oh and now and and now and i am going to end this and i'll say see you next week 
Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.